happy people are real. And we all love to be around happy people, whether we know it or not. And you can all think of those people in your world who just light you up, that make you excited. And maybe you don't even know what it is about them, but chances are it's because they have solid fucking energy and you're just attracted to it like a magnet. Hey, party people, welcome back to the show. This podcast brings me so much joy. I literally can only think of a couple things in life that literally light me on fire as much as this. Sorry, right, where were we? Um, I don't even think I'm like five seconds into kicking off my podcast and a kid walks in. Anyways, I fucking love doing this podcast and I just hope you can feel that when I get on this microphone. Like, I really, really love it. I love that it scares the shit out of me and I love how lit up it makes me at the same time. And I love my new little stool setup. I feel like I could sit here and talk for hours. Maybe that's why my last Mindful Monday episodes have been a little bit longer than usual. Like, this is way more comfortable than hunching over onto the shoe rack. I'm gonna have to see if I can squeeze a desk in here. Anyways, today's episode was such a fun one to record. So today's episode is with a fellow podcaster named Chelsea Rife, whose podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. Chelsea just intrigues me. Like, I really, really like her and I love her voice. And I know this is weird, but when I started becoming obsessed with podcasts and when I started playing with the idea of launching my own podcast, and of course now, I'm just weird about people's voices. And that's really kind of all you got, right? Like you've got this 30 second, maybe longer window to decide if you resonate with someone. And I think so much of it has to do with their tone and their inflection and all those kind of weird things that just attract you to people, right? It's like whatever that chemical reaction is that your brain lets off when it likes something or doesn't like something. So anyways, I know that's weird. I love her voice. Her podcast is fun. I love following her and her journey. Like she just, I feel like I'm like living my best life through her because she sure as fuck is living her best life. She's a total badass and she talks all about it on the podcast today. But I just admire her for just being so fearless. And she's probably like 10 years younger than me. And it's just funny because I just totally missed that whole like millennial thing where we're just going to like travel and like really change the world. And when I was in my late 20s, I was like too busy having babies and climbing the corporate ladder. So I just admire it. And I just love her honesty and her authenticity. You know, that's my jam. But she's a cool ass chick and I really like talking to her and today we talked about manifestation and that's something I hadn't really talked about on the podcast a lot and I told her that and I might have introduced it that way but I was just like you know that's something I haven't really talked about a lot it is something like that behind the scenes I'm just trying to wrap my head around which is why I don't really talk about it that much but it's really just the idea of like the power of your thoughts which I have talked about but just not really using that word and It's just this idea of like, you know, if you really want something and you think about it, like your brain starts to create a way for you to get it or it starts looking for proof that it exists. So she goes through her journey about moving to Australia and all these amazing adventures that she has manifested. She's a fucking manifesting maniac, but I just love her and her realness and her rawness and 
I think it's so much power in believing that you can really create that life that you want because I wholeheartedly believe in that. And some another message that's really been coming up for me lately around like manifesting is this idea of like, is it real or isn't it real? Look, if it helps you and it makes you feel good and you're starting to see things that you've always wanted that maybe they were always there and you didn't see them, who gives a fuck if it works or not, if it makes you feel good? Because you know what is real? Happy people are real. And we all love to be around happy people, whether we know it or not. And you can all think of those people in your world who just light you up, that make you excited. And maybe you don't even know what it is about them, but chances are it's because they have solid fucking energy and you're just attracted to it like a magnet. So tune in, listen up. I think it was a really, really cool conversation about manifesting and really just creating the life that you really want. And anyone can do it, I promise you, as I sit here and podcast from this closet, that you really, really can create the life that you want. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. All right, guys, welcome back to the show today. I have a guest that I'm super excited about to get to know and to introduce you to as well. Her name is Chelsea Rife, and she also has an amazing podcast called In My Non-Expert Opinion. And it's a really good podcast. You guys should check it out. Thanks for being here today, Chelsea. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. I know, me too. This interview has been scheduled for like months and yes. like- time difference and all these things kept coming up and um, we've had to push it back a couple times. So I'm really excited to actually connect today. Me too. So jumping right in, can you open us up with a little bit like about your podcast and a little bit about your story and kind of how it came to life? Yeah, for sure. So it actually started as a podcast called Oh My Pod. It was something I had been sitting on for about a year And I had just become obsessed with podcasts. Like I didn't read books. I didn't watch TV. Like I was just always listening to podcasts. And funny enough, I got my master's degree in digital media and storytelling, which is real. I like to tell people that because it sounds fake, but I'm like, no, it's real. I got it at Loyola Chicago. And I was always trying different mediums to share my story. Like I tried out a blog. I think I did two posts completely like done, shut that down, couldn't keep up. Then I tried to do a beauty Instagram and I was just like, can't keep that up. The photos are so hard to edit. And then I just kept trying all these different things. And then finally, when I found out about podcasting, I'm like, this is it. It's long form. I'm, I love to talk. I got my actual undergrad degree in broadcast journalism so I can interview people, but it's on my terms. You know, I don't have to ask a producer or a network who I can interview. It's like, I can talk to whoever the fuck I want. I can edit the podcast however I want. I could talk about anything. So it just totally clicked where I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. So it started out as, oh, my pod. It was, it kind of just came to me one day. I was scrolling through the charts and I saw, you know, different names, like one, like pod save America. Um, and I was like, oh, I like how they use that little play on words. So, oh, my pod was kind of meant to be like, oh my God, I have never heard of that. You know, what an interesting story. And then another meaning of just like, oh, my pod, it's just my small little podcast. So I had that name for about a year and it was really focused actually heavily on health and wellness early on. I interviewed a chiropractor. I had someone that was a colonic specialist on. I had a tarot card reader, very much in that realm. And I slowly started to realize 
I really like to share my stories too. Like outside of interviewing all these health and wellness people, I want to talk about how this stuff has affected me. So I started doing some solo podcasts. And honestly, if I'm being like completely real here, sometimes I just did the solo podcast just because I didn't have any content. So I was like, <laughs> let me just record a solo and like see what happens. And funny enough, a lot of the feedback were was like, please share more of that. Like I would love to hear your perspective on dating or your perspective on you know, working a full-time job and all these different things that I was like, okay, that's really surprising. I thought people wanted all these big name guests and all these interviews. So then I started shifting into telling my story and updating people a little bit of just almost like an audio diary, but then I would also still, yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's like an audio diary, but then I'm in live time. It's like, if you go back to my first podcast to now, you can see the different phases of my life that I've gone through. So it did slowly become my stories. Interviews were still weaved in there. And then I finally decided to basically bucket it down to four different topics, which was lifestyle, travel, manifestation, and just recently like business and entrepreneurship. And now it's called In My Non-Expert Opinion. And the reason I changed the name was because once I started really taking the podcast seriously... I went to go get all the handles and the domain and everything. And there's actually another on my pod. So hot tip, look up these things before you do this. <laughs> and I was like a year and a half into it already. And I, I actually kept going for a little bit with the name. And then I just realized that other podcast was so consistent. They were always posting and I was really inconsistent. I was like, Chelsea, you just have to change the name. And I was just brainstorming. I'm like, oh, what can I come up with? I really loved on my pod. And it kind of just came one day, I think, to l- at lunch with my mom. And we're like, well, I have interviews, like I interview experts, but then I always have my opinions too, you know, like I have mm-hmm. my non-expert opinions and I have all these expert opinions. And then I just clicked like, wait, in my non-expert opinion, like that's the name because I, it's a play on words. And I, you know how people say, well, in my expert opinion, and it's like, well, I have an opinion too, and it's not really expert, but I will weave experts in. So that's the name now. That's how it came to be. And I've been doing it now for about three years. That's awesome. I love the name. That's one of the first things that attracted me to it is it's just perfect. And like, you know, the people deal with so much like imposter syndrome and stuff like that. And it just kind of hit that nail on the head of like, if I'm passionate about something and I'm living something, I have my own version of expertise. Exactly. And and I, I so agree with that imposter syndrome. I was like, well, what am I an actual expert in? Because I like to talk about different things. And then, yeah, like you said, it just clicked like, oh, am I not expert opinion? Yeah, I love it. That's great. So tell us a little bit about Chelsea and what are some of the things that you share with your listeners on the podcast? For sure. I would say the biggest things I've shared so far are a lot of my dating and personal life. That was definitely a big shift in 2017 and 2018. I had actually gone through a breakup and funny enough, I feel like the podcast was the catalyst into me. It was kind of like my thing to focus on after the breakup. And so I made sure actually really early on not to talk about the breakup because I was like, I don't want this to be my personal life. I don't want to share it. Mm-hmm. But then slowly and surely, and just by way of interviews with people, like things just pop up and you're like, okay, I guess I'll share this piece of my life now. So I shared a lot of dating and lifestyle things early on. And then it started shifting into mindset work because I had ended up going to therapy for a year every day, every day, every week for (laughs) the entire year. And I learned so much. And I really, what I wanted to share about therapy is like, you do not need to be on medication, going through an insane trauma. Like 
you can be an average person having a nine to five going through, you know, something as simple as a breakup and still get a lot out of therapy. And there was just so much stigma around therapy that I was like, why is this like happening? And I started opening up about it at work. Like, Oh, I would have to leave early on some days and be like, yeah, I'm going to that therapy appointment. And then all of a sudden all my coworkers were like, I have to go to therapy too. Like I go every Friday. And then the other one's like, yeah, I go, I go every Monday morning. I'm like, wait, what? We all go to therapy. I thought this was like so taboo. So I realized just by opening up at work and hearing how many people were going through the same things, that was kind of my opening into being like, okay, you can share more of your personal life because maybe other people will click with it. So the therapy stuff was actually more so on working on my mindset with imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs about my success and you know, what I should be doing and all these different things that you deal with, um, you know, in corporate America and just growing up as a 20 something year old, these are all thoughts we have. So the podcast started shifting a lot into that space. And then recently in the last year, it's done a lot of diving into travel and manifestation. So I left my corporate job last August. So it's almost been a year, which is crazy. I worked in influencer and content marketing for six years and that was actually something that was interesting when I was working at the company, I was selling content creators, essentially, like I was pitching. Wow. Yeah, I was pitching mm-hmm. people that were basically doing what I could do. I told you I went to school to storytell. <laughs> so there was something when I was doing all this pitching that I was like, it's not like the, oh, I could be an influencer. It was just like, I could tell these stories too, if not in my own voice, like to a specific audience. Why, why am I on the other side of this? So I just kept having this drive to like want to leave and and really go all in on this storytelling thing. And so finally I was like, I'm going to move. So I quit my job last year. I moved to Australia. I've been here for about a year now. And now I have my eyes totally focused on the podcast, but I also started a yoga company called Yoga Girl Next Door. And that is just to make yoga more accessible and relatable, especially for millennials. We all have corporate jobs. We all have like tech necks and crunched over backs and everything. And I relate to that so much because that was my life for so long. So that's why recently the podcast has taken a a sharp left into entrepreneurship (laughs) because selfishly I have all these people on that I'm like, okay, so what do you do when you start a company? Like, do you write a business plan? Do you Google things? And it actually helps me a lot. I I'm sure you find this too. When you interview people, it's like, I actually just want answers sometimes selfishly. Let me turn it into a whole interview because I'm sure people are thinking the same thing. So yeah, I, um, I share a lot of that. I share a lot about travel and manifestation and mindset. And again, recently focusing on the business side of things, because I think it's really helpful to just hear the specifics that people go through, like how I built this podcast. I love how they ask people those early stages because it's so relatable. And that's something that I really want to try to integrate now in my podcast. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true what you said about, for me, I feel like my whole podcast is selfish. (laughs) And when people say, oh my God, this is so great. I'm like, really? I'm doing it for myself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I think it's like something you had said earlier, like everyone's so connected and we all go through like our version of the same thing of whatever that is for you of like not feeling like you're enough or whatever that is, but no one talks about it. And that was a big motivation for me to start mine was like, if I'm feeling like this, like once I realized that other people were feeling like this too, I was like, man, I have got to be that voice. And I had, you know, like, I feel like I have to share it because like you, I like to talk. (laughs) Yeah. 
it's a great platform. And like you said, you get to do whatever you want. And I love podcasting. I'm a, I'm pretty much obsessed with it as well. And I love what you said about that's one of the number one questions I get constantly now is how do you do it? How do you start it? And I'm like, it's so much easier than you think. Yes. Oh my God. I, I'm not kidding. I'm literally right now in the stages of writing an ebook about how to start a podcast. And it's literally going to be like, just start. And that's going to be yes. like the ebook because I'm like, it is so much easier. I'm not kidding. Half my interviews I do remote like this or on Zencaster. I use my voice memo app a lot to record the intros yes. and outros. I, I use Audacity, which is free to edit and GarageBand. Like, I, I think people overcomplicate things, especially when it's something as vulnerable as a podcast, because it's almost a way to hold yourself back. You're like, oh, well, I need all this fancy equipment and an editor and all these platforms. I guess I can't podcast. And it's like, no, I'm not kidding. I use free software and my voice memo app and I, <laughs> I'm doing fine. Oh, my voice memo app is gold. And I mean, I literally have been recording my podcast since November. I do it in my closet. I have two kids. I work a full-time job. Um, but like you said, it is very vulnerable. And I do remember right after I launched it, I had a, the biggest vulnerability hangover. I was like, what am I doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? I think that's a great segue into something you've mentioned a couple of times that I have not really touched on on the podcast, but I have been dabbling with a little bit in my personal life is manifestation. And can you just go into that for a little bit? I feel like your story really lends itself to that when you say things like, oh, I quit my corporate job and I wanted to lead this different life. And right now you are recording this from Australia. And I think that's super exciting for me. I'm on the East coast in the United States. So dive into that a little bit. Um, what manifestation like is for you and maybe some of the examples of things that you've manifested. Oh my gosh. I love this question. This might be like the rest of the podcast PS. So just <laughs> go <laughs> cut me off. Yeah. Cut me off when you want me to stop. Um, okay. So I'm trying to think of how personally I got into manifestation. Cause I feel like that's an important piece, but I feel like it probably, I always had heard of this secret and the law of attraction. And I think it was really after therapy and honestly, listening to podcasts, just listening yeah. to all these people that you would hear about their days of how they meditated and had to journal and visualize. And I was like, okay, whatever, like, you know, let's get to the best part of the story, blah, blah, blah. And then every single podcast I listened to with anyone that had great success or was really happy, had all these routines for bringing things into their life. And so I started realizing, okay, I don't have any routines. Like I wake up, I roll out of bed, I just go to work, maybe go to the gym, come home, eat dinner, watch Vanderpump Rules and go to bed. Like <laughs> that's a, I just started to realize how empty that felt. Like it was a very empty life. And I just had this realization, like, is this really it? Because as we know, being in corporate America, it doesn't stop. We don't get a whole summer break like you did in, in college. You don't get spring break. You, you get like, 12 to 14 days vacation, maybe a few th uh, three day weekends here and there, uh, maybe a few work from home days. Like I just had this huge moment where I was like, what, wait, this is like seriously what I'm going to be doing the rest of my life. So through podcasts, I just started hearing about manifestation and how people were using it to really live the life they wanted to lead. So first and foremost, 
I feel like manifestation has this stigma around it. It sounds really woo woo and airy fairy. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, Oh, magic. And I always like to tell people it's not a game show. So it's not like you say, (laughs) Oh, I want to manifest a million dollars overnight in my bank account. And I, I manifest, I, you know, I wish for that and it didn't happen. And I was like, yeah, it's not a genie in a bottle that's going to give you the lottery overnight. It's actually thinking in your head and that thought becomes a reality. So that's my definition of manifestation is like your thoughts become a reality. So when I started hearing about it on podcasting, I was like, well, how do these people do it? You know what I mean? Like when you hear those stories of people that are like, oh, and then I made my first million in a year. Or then I just like quit and moved abroad. And you're like, what the hell are they doing? And then I realized like they were just very intentional about their thoughts. So I started practicing a lot of like journaling with something called the Daily Stoic, which is a book by Ryan Holiday. It's a book. It's not even a book. It's like daily lessons that show stoicism. And then uh, you write an evening and morning passage or like lesson, I guess. And that was my foray, I guess, into journaling. And then after doing that for a while, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of get my own notebook and journal that doesn't have prompts because I feel like that was a nice way to set me up where I'm going to start journalizing, journalizing, journaling (laughs) and visualizing the life I want. Because it's like, we all have these visions in our head, but then they get so clouded with our everyday lives. Like even now the visions I have for what I want to do, I'm like, oh my God, I have to check an email. Someone just sent me a Facebook message. Oh my God, my mom called. Like it just gets so clouded that it's so helpful to journal out these visions and these dreams that you have. So I started really journaling what my life want, like what I wanted. And that was always to travel and live life on my own terms. And it was so scary to even admit that because like we were talking about earlier, that imposter syndrome comes up like, well, who are you to just leave and your corporate American job? Who are you to just like go work for yourself? Like you can't do that. You can't do any of this. You're, you're, you're just like everyone else. And I actually think, funny enough, working in the influencer world, like, amplified that thought because it's like, you're not an influencer. You don't get to just go on trips. You don't get to just leave and travel for three weeks. And that actually, I realize now looking back, affected my mindset a lot of, yeah, you, who are you? You don't even have 10,000 followers. You can't do that. And so I would have to journal every day. And I would journal things like gratitude lists, anything I was grateful for, but also just what I wanted. And a big thing about manifesting is acting as if it already has happened. So I think that's I de- the biggest piece. Yeah. Yes. That is yeah. like the way I describe it is as if, you know, when you have an Amazon package coming, like, you know, it's in the <laughs> mail, you know, it's, you know, what's in it, you know, it's going to be good. You're just waiting, but you, you know, it's in the mail. Like you have the tracking and everything it's that same exact feeling or like when you know you're getting a check or your tax refund, it's like, I know it's in the mail. I just don't know when it's going to hit. And I know it's going to be nice. That is the same exact way you should act towards manifesting. So once I learned that I was manifesting things left and right, because instead of wishing and having desperate energy, like, Oh my God, I really want to quit my job and leave and live abroad and like, get out of here. Like I need to do that. Like that's really desperate energy. I was just like, acting as if it had already happened. I was like, I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to live abroad and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to work for myself. Acting as if that was already my reality. And because I started acting as if, it slowly started to manifest into my life. So I specifically remember, I think I even have a picture of this, a journal entry I wrote 
where I wrote everything down as if it had already happened. So I said something like, I am so grateful for this $10,000 that I've saved. And I'm so grateful for this apartment that I have in Sydney that's right across the Bondi beach. And I'm so grateful for the sunshine and my amazing roommates. Again, I had, by the way, I had never been to Australia. I picked it because yeah, the visa is really easy to get and you can do it for a year and it's just a really nice opportunity to live abroad. And it's also obviously easy to adapt because it's English speaking. So, (laughs) so to come up with these visualizations was kind of crazy because it's like, I don't even know what Bondi beach looks like. I don't even know what Sydney looks like, but from photos, it looks really pretty. And I would write down, like, I'm so grateful for walking on the beach with this coffee and feeling the waves, like so, so specific that it was like, my brain just started to believe that was my reality. And I had no other option, but to make it happen. So as soon as you start journalizing, again, I I keep saying journalizing. I think that's your new word. Yeah. (laughs) Journalizing. I'm just going to combine them. Journaling and visualizing. Uh, Once I started doing that and I I like really seeing it in my head and I'm not just saying in a, in a way of like, oh yeah, I see myself on the beach. Like I was picturing myself in an apartment, waking up, going down to a coffee shop, walking across the beach, feeling the waves. Like I really felt myself in that energy. And then it's like something switched in my brain, and I found out later, it's called the reticular activating system, which basically looks for proof and ways to make that happen. So then it was like little things and little signs started coming. Like, for example, I applied for the visa and I think I got it. No, I did. I got it on 8-8-18, which is to wow. me crazy yeah. because also eight is like the infinity sign. So I was like, that's mm-hmm. really weird. And then I think on that same exact date, I I think I had said I really need to wait for my new passport to come in before I can even get the approval. And then it came in that same day. Like something really weird happened where I got approved and I got my passport and all the things like, again, the universe aligned for me to get it on that date. So I was like, that was really weird. And then um, I had to move back home to Florida because I was living in Chicago. And I was like, this is going to be really weird. I, I moved so I could save money. Florida is so cheap to live. And I was like, I really need to save money. So I moved back home and I was going to move in with my parents, which is an hour and a half away from my work. So originally I was like, this is going to suck, but you know, thank God for podcasts. I can listen to Mm -hmm. that and whatever. I'm going to have to drive every day to work and it's going to suck, but like, that's the deal. So then I just, again, kept thinking in my mind, like something will work out. Maybe I won't have to drive every day, but like be thankful for what is. I think that's the other thing is, again, I was never in a desperate or negative place. I wasn't like, fuck living at home. This is going to suck. Like this shit is so annoying. I was just like, this is my reality. And I'm grateful that I actually have a home to live in and go back to. I'm grateful that I have a job. I'm grateful that I have a car to get to my job. I'm grateful that I have gas money to get to my job. Like you almost just have to act like it's the best day ever (laughs) with gratitude. Every day. (laughs) Yeah. Every day. Because then that's what like keeps you going. And then weird enough, this is one of my favorite manifestation stories. I ran into a girl that had also lived in Chicago that we went to college together at the grocery store. And she's like, Hey, Oh my God, I just moved back to, um, we should grab lunch sometime. Where do you live? And I'm like, Oh, I actually have to commute an hour and a half. And she's like, Oh, that's, that's uh, horrible, but I live right across the street. So maybe you can come over. And I'm like, you live right there. She's like, yeah, right in that apartment complex right there. This is a cross the building that I work in, this apartment complex. And she goes, wait, we have an extra guest room. Like you can just live with us. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. 
<laughs> and at first my ego got in the way because I'll, she was living with her at that point boyfriend. And then she had two cats and I was like, yeah, I'm not living with a couple and two cats. Like that sounds weird. How am I going to explain that to everybody? I don't want to like be in the dynamics of a couple. And yeah. it, for some reason I was like, you know what, let me try it out for a month and see what happens. And it ended up being like the best thing because not only were they a really cool couple to live with, he traveled a lot anyway. So he wasn't even there a lot. For some reason, I wasn't allergic to her cats like I thought, <laughs> which was oh, wow. crazy. Yeah. Um, and then the biggest thing was they knew I was saving for Australia, so they didn't make me pay rent for six months. That's so, crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. I was living rent-free, walking distance from my building, right. so I didn't even have to pay for gas. I literally would walk, and it was in a shopping plaza, so all the restaurants were there. Like It was insane. So that was like the first... I would say biggest manifestation that was actually like, whoa, you yeah. know, you're not paying rent. You're living right across the street from work. You thought this is going to be totally different. That was like a really big proof of how it works when you just like visualize and act grateful. And then the second was my actual move to Australia. So I get to Australia. I don't know anyone in Sydney except one girl. And I was like, I just need to find an apartment. I want to live in Bondi beach uh, it's just a really big backpacker community. And of course it's really popular. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden this girl, I-, I was having a really hard time finding an apartment, I think, cause I just didn't know how to apartment hunt. It's just different in Australia. And then this girl was like, Oh, I'm actually moving out. The apartment is this much money. Um, it's on beach road and it's in Bondi. And I'm thinking it's like, you know, when someone says something and and then you're like, okay, well, it's in a city. Like Bondi is not that big, but it's big. So I was like, it's probably like kind of far away from the beach or not that close. And then I Google the address. It's literally a two minute walk from the beach. And I almost got chills. I think I did because I was like, wait, wait, wait. I literally wrote down in that journal entry that I wanted to live in Bondi beach by the beach walking distance to be able to like, just walk to a coffee shop. And now I'm living on something called beach road, which is ironic. And then yeah. two feet away from the beach. And then it ended up seriously being like, when you Googled it, people were like, I'm so confused. Like you live basically on the beach. I was like, I know, like you don't, when you think of living waterfront or beachside or anything, it just seems so out of touch. So to be that close to the beach was crazy. And then I ended up manifesting a better living situation because I was actually living with, I think like five roommates at that time. Mm-hmm. And I, again, here's a, a quick lesson with manifestation is like, you're allowed to change your mind once you get what you want. That's so, right. Yeah, I think like, that's a I, big piece of just yeah, yeah, the freedom I got, of that. Yeah, like I got to that point where I was, you know, oh, here I am in this apartment on Beach Road, but I was living with five people, and as you can imagine, that's a really tough thing. I'm in my late twenties, like living with a bunch of young twenty-year-olds, partying, all, working all different hours, whatever. It just wasn't going to work out, and I felt guilty for a second, where I was like wow, you really want to move when you have this setup? Like you're right by the beach. It's cheap. You got what you wanted. Like, how could you really want something else? And that's something I've had to work through a lot is like, why do I feel guilt? Like you're, I'm allowed to change my mind. I don't even know anyone in that apartment. Why can't I just leave? So then I started visualizing a new apartment that would be better and like an older roommate that maybe we'd be on the same wavelength and have the same interests. Well, lo and behold, ended up meeting a girl (laughs) exactly my age, did yoga, lived even closer to the beach, was so clean. Her her apartment looked like urban outfitters. Like I couldn't even believe it. I was (laughs) like, okay, sign me up. So then I got that apartment. And then 
I've moved out. I forget for what reason I've like bopped around a lot here, but basically the point of the, the moving thing was to say like, you can manifest and find a, a better situation than you were in and then still decide, well, wait, I either want to go back to the other thing I was at or change my mind because that's something that I kept doing where I was like, again, I would feel guilty when I moved into the nicer apartment and be like, yeah, but the energy is off here. Like something isn't right or it's too far from work. Like I'm allowed to change my mind and, and do something else. So that was definitely the second like big one was that apartment. I would say the third biggest one, which I did actually a whole podcast, I think about four pod- podcasts ago was my situation now during coronavirus. So yeah, I was just listening to that one. Um, was it yesterday or the day before? And I was like, I can't imagine what that's like. I like, I was thinking about that. Cause when we, that first episode, when we hit quarantine, I was like, I can't podcast right now because I'm in the house with everybody. Yeah. That's I was worried. I, I mean, I, first of all, I'm not home, right? I live yeah. abroad. So when you get that news that there's this global pandemic, you're like, okay, well, let me fly home. Flights home, I'm not kidding, were ten thousand to like fifteen thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, well That's insane. Not booking that. And then I was like, well, it also doesn't make sense to do that because it's so far to get home. I would have to go through so many different airports and then have to quarantine and then have to be around my family and potentially contract the virus. So I was like, it's actually just not even smart to do that. So Oh wait, I forgot about the whole step before this. How are you gone to where I am now? So You're a manifesting was, queen. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. There was a whole section before this that is how I got to this sec- this part of my life. So everything's going well in Bondi. Uh, I decide I want to stay here another year and I want to go do my work to get a second year visa. So the working visa I'm on is just called a working holiday visa. And to get a second one, you have to do 88 days of work in a rural zip code. So you cannot do it in like Sydney or Melbourne or any of those big cities. You have to go to a really small place and help that business out because it's like basically how they keep everything up and running. Mm -hmm. So I moved to Western Australia. No, no, no. Hold on. Backtrack again. (laughs) I I moved up to this place called Cairns, which I I knew that was like tropical and going to be really fun. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to just chill in a hostel for a little bit while I get settled. And then I'll find my job. Start job hunting. There's absolutely nothing. Apparently it's rainy season there. So they're like, you're not going to find anything. It's, it's like our worst season. We literally closed business down. And then this is when news of coronavirus started trickling in. So okay. as soon as it started trickling in, the more places I went to go job hunt, they're like, uh, I'm not sure if you heard, but there's like a virus going around. We're losing a lot of travel clients. And the place that I was living was a huge hospitality and tourism hub. So mm-hmm. those industries were obviously super affected by that. And so then I slowly started realizing like, I don't think I'm getting a job in this zip code. This place is like a ghost town everything is shutting down. Everyone's telling me like, I don't even know why you came here. You're not going to find a job. And I was living in a hostel and I was just like, okay, what is going on? I just went from like a really great setup in Sydney to now basically being almost like homeless and jobless and what's going on, like what's going to be my next step. And I was having a little pity party for myself for like two days where I was like, God, I can't believe I'm in this backpacker hostel. This fucking sucks. Like, I could be in such better places, like really, really negative. And that's when I realized like, Chelsea, this is the time to activate all the tools you've learned about. Like, this is why I've done all the mindset work is to not Mm -hmm. get into those pity party moments. So whipped out my 
handy dandy journal it's like <laughs> it's like the blues clues notebook you remember that show <laughs> yes <laughs> i always think of that now i'm like the handy dandy notebook the book. um yeah. <laughs> so i whipped that out and same thing where i was saying before i start writing things out as if it's like the best setup in the world so i was journaling as if i was living in a palace i was like wow i am so grateful that i have a pool because the hostel had a pool i'm so grateful i have this big kitchen i'm so grateful i have these amazing roommates like I mean, truly acting as if I was in the best place on earth because it really wasn't that bad. This place is tropical. They had music. It was fun. So I was like, stop being so negative about it. And as I started shifting my energy, that's when things started happening. Like then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, if you want to work here for accommodation, meaning you don't have to pay for a room, you can do our social media. And I was like, okay, I've never heard of that. Usually you have to do dishes or clean to do accommodation. You don't do social media. Yeah, so like, that's impressive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. of course. Like, and then they're like, yeah, you just the events every day during the week. I'm like, that's so easy. So I ended up doing that. So I didn't have to pay a dime. But the thing was, you had to pay, uh, I think it was a $100 deposit to and stay there for four weeks to get it back. So as coronavirus started happening, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to to stay four weeks and get that money back. But I, you know, whatever, chalk it up to basically you paid a hundred bucks as rent, which is cheap in any way you spend that. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, you know what, be grateful for that. Be grateful that you can, you know, have your own schedule, whatever. So I ended up going to this recruiter that I randomly just reached out to a friend asking her, you know, how did she get her second year visa? She refers me to this recruiter, this recruiter gives, gets me this job in Western Australia. And I'm like, hell yeah, like finally a job, a, a position that pays really well. Amen. And then all of a sudden I go back to fill out the paperwork to get the the job, like the contract. And she's like, you know what? I actually really think you'd be a good au pair for the family that runs the hotel. You can live with them. And so you don't have any living expenses. And I'm like, how does this keep happening where I don't have to pay living expenses? Like even <laughs> saying it out loud now to you, I'm like, wait, I've actually manifested like four different places where I haven't had to pay rent, which is crazy to think about because that's like just not a real thing you hear about. So in the hostel, they ended up giving me my deposit back. They were like, you know what? We understand everyone's in a financial bind. We're not going to charge you. So I got that a hundred dollars back. I was making extra money there because I was teaching yoga. And then when I got to Western Australia, they, I was living in the house to be an au pair Katie, I'm thinking this is just a normal house, you know, whatever, <laughs> cute little family. Let's see what happens. This is a mansion. I'm like, what is going on? There's like four bedrooms. There's a pool. There's two patios. There's balconies. It's across from the beach. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, and again, by the way, I don't like love kids. So <laughs> it's not like, I was like, yeah, I get to be an au pair. My dream job. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then the kids are amazing. Like we, they're not brats. They listen to me. We have fun together. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like I just said, I don't love kids, but I actually like really love them now. And it's just so insane to think in the middle of coronavirus, I'm somehow living rent free in a mansion and have all this time to work on my own stuff. And I'm, I'm telling you that would not have happened had I not done all that mindset work. Like, I don't believe this is a coincidence or I got lucky or anything like that. I think it was because I changed my energy. People see that energy and like want to help you. If I had gone into that recruiter being like, yeah, in this fucking shitty situation, like fuck this place. She probably would have been like, okay, I'm not getting this girl job. She's like bad vibes. But because I had 
just done all the journaling and visualization. I kept telling myself something will get better. It always does. That is what like was my mantra. And that's how I ended up where I am now. So yeah, a lot of manifestation stories, but I would say the two biggest themes to practice for manifestation are definitely journaling and visualization. That's what's worked for me. Wow. I, so now I'm going to be messaging you all the time. I'm going to have to check in with you, Chelsea. <laughs> you really do. I'm like, I can't even believe it sometimes. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm doing a 30 day like journaling challenge with myself. Um, I'm really just trying to make myself journal, but I need to definitely work a little bit more on that manifestation piece. But I love, I mean, what a beautiful story though. And like we were saying, like when you put out that energy, like it's amazing the stuff you get back and it's super true. I mean, I see that every day just, and if you pay attention to it, you do see it every day, just like even at work, you know, like the people who show up to meetings a certain way and the people that don't, and you always wonder like, why is that person moving along or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it really is what you said. It's that energy that you put out. It's like people want to help you. They don't even know why they want to help you. They're just like, here, take all my stuff. Yeah. Which was crazy. Like, again, I didn't go to that recruiter saying, I really want to be an au pair placement. By the way, Western Australia, I was on Eastern Australia. So I was moving across the entire country and that wasn't ideal. I was like, I didn't really want to move across the country. It wasn't cheap, but it's like, everything worked out. And by the time I got here, I didn't have any living expenses. And now actually because of coronavirus and all the time that I have, because I don't have the the job that I was supposed to have working at this hotel, I've had all this time to work on my own stuff, like the podcast and the um, yoga brand. And now things are like coming to life that I never thought happened. I'm like making money from yoga classes. I just got part of a podcast network. I'm like, what the fuck? These are things that I wanted like years ago. And now all of a sudden they're coming to me now, but it's because I have so much time during the day now to reflect and work on all these practices. Cause I have no excuse. Like I have nothing better to do, but really plan out my life by journaling and visualizing affirmations. Like, and I want to be clear here too. This is like daily practice. I don't do yes. this stuff like once every 30 days or for five minutes, once every two weeks, it's like daily journaling, daily visualization. And a a little trick that I do now for gratitude, because I'm sure you maybe have experienced this too, is people get really caught up in like the overarching themes of gratitude. So they'll just say, Oh, I'm grateful for my friends, my family, and my job. I'm grateful for, I don't know, my house, my car and water. I'm grateful for food, book, like very just general high level stuff, which of course we, we should be grateful for that. But I get so specific and here's a weird brain trick that I use. I pretend that I'm in a video game and everything that I can find that day to be grateful for is like a gold coin. So for example, it. yeah, like I'll wake up and if I make like the best tea in the world, like, you know, when you just make good tea and it's like perfect amount of honey and milk and sugar, I'm like, mm-hmm. beep, that's a gold coin in my little like coin bank, like grateful for that. Or I got to sleep in and it slept through the night, grateful for that. Oh, it's a sunny day and I can go take a walk. Grateful for that. Like I pretty much all day, no matter what, I'm so mindful of everything. Like if I look at the phone and it's four, 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 I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a lucky number. Like I'm grateful for that. And it just switches your mind to like, it trains your mind to look for the gratitude and everything. So when you do write out gratitude lists, even if it's in your head, then, then you have that mindfulness to be like, wow, my life is amazing. And I have all these amazing things around me even if it's something like right now where I'm like technically unemployed, technically not home in the middle of a virus, like I don't feel any anxiety or or negativity because I have so much to be grateful for. And, but like I said, I'm so intentional with how I look at that gratitude. 
Yeah, it's almost like you have to be super annoying about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what someone had told me one time. And the days where I let it slip, because I'll play this game with myself sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'm doing great. I feel great. I'm super grateful. My life's great. I don't have to meditate today or I don't have to like watch how long I'm on social media. And then by the end of that day, I'm like, I just feel gross or, you know, like your energy is just so much lower than it usually is. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> it's yeah. every day. Every day. And it's funny, we were even talking about this, but because I'm like so gung ho now on getting all these businesses like really up and running because the yoga stuff was like not even a thing even a month ago. And now I'm putting in time daily. Anytime I have a day off, I'm emailing people, creating social media content. Like I have a Facebook group that I'm trying to really grow. So I'm doing all this stuff, but then I'm really in that entrepreneur mindset now where I'm like sleeping in what or not sleeping in, sorry, not even sleeping, um, eating at really weird times of the day. Like I just don't have any sense of time and, and schedule. And so because of that, the journaling and meditation and stuff has like kind of fallen to the wayside in the last two weeks. And I've noticed that I'm like, mm-hmm. why am I like irritated? Why am I twitching? Why am I so annoyed right now? Like even the kids that I watch, like I'll be more agitated with them the other day, the boy even goes, you're being really bossy today. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's because I have not been doing any of the stuff that I always preach about because I got so distracted with my own life, like my own you know, business stuff that I just, I made it seem like the self-care wasn't as important. And today I was like, you know, you really need to stop making entrepreneur like to-do lists and start making a self-care to-do list. So I'm actually going to do like a little May challenge with myself. I feel like I love challenges. Yeah, me Um, too. Yeah, I just heard you do like the 30-day journal one. I'm doing one where I'm going to every day try to do something that's for my self-care, for my business, and something for like a family and friend, whether that's like a text or a call. And the goal is like every day do something in those three buckets because the last two weeks it's all been business and it's like it's been really bad for my mental health. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny what you said about the kids because I have two little kids and they are literal mirrors of whatever you're doing or whatever you're feeling. They will shoot that shit right back at you. And you're like, what? Why are you acting like that? And then my oldest would be like, because you're acting like that. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Okay. Two things. I just got chills because one of my best friends who also believes in manifestation and law of attraction and everything we were talking about the kids because I always ask her, she has two little ones too. And I always ask her, you know, advice. And she was telling me like, Chelsea, whatever energy you put out, the kids will Mm -hmm. like reflect that. And she goes, I really want to write a book called little mirrors about how kids are literally your own little mirrors. And so the fact that you just said that, I'm like, Oh oh my God. (laughs) I was like, she wanted to write. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so true though. Like when I first started this journey, obviously that was a big piece of it for me being a mom and kind of losing myself in that. And then I would, people were just kept like saying these things and I was like, oh my God. And the more I worked on it and like the higher self-awareness I got, the more I could see them reflecting it back to me. And it's so, so true. So yeah, you'll learn that from that experience. (laughs) Oh yeah. All the days that I'm like, not like I said, the last two weeks that I haven't been meditating or anything, I'm like getting more irritated with them and they're fussing around more. And, but the days that I like wake up happy and fine, like they're like clapping for grapes or something. And you're like, why are you so happy? And it's like, oh, (laughs) my energy is so happy. So yeah, it's, uh, it's so true that like your energy, and I think this is true again for like anyone is, is so reflected back to you. If you, mm-hmm. you put that out there. 
I know. And I love what you said about like the gold coin and treat it like a video game. My husband and my kids are the biggest video game fans. I am literally going to tell them that as soon as we're done talking. Yes, that's perfect. Yes. Now I know how to train you guys to be more mindful if we can correlate it to video games any day. Yeah, exactly. Use analogies to the best. You have some really good analogies. That's one thing I really like about your podcast. Well, I love your voice. It's very like, I don't like jazzy, but not. (laughs) (laughs) And your analogies are just amazing because when you talk, you were saying earlier, like some of this stuff feels woo woo to some people because no one ever talks about it. But when you use real life analogies, like waiting for your Amazon package or another one that always pops up for me, I noticed in the past is like, if we were ever buying a new car, the second you started thinking about the car, you literally start seeing it everywhere. And it's yes. like, like it was always there before, but it's like you said, your brain literally starts to look for signs and you can play that to like anything, whether it's a car, a company, you know, if you're looking for furniture and I don't mean like on social media where they're tracking you, but like in real right. life, <laughs> like in real life, you start to see these things or people will start to use these words that you've been thinking. And it's, yes. Yeah. It's super powerful. Uh, You are the manifestation queen though. I can't even begin to touch that, but I am super grateful that you kind of touched on that subject because it's something that I've been like, I don't even want to say experimenting with because I'm definitely not practicing on a daily basis, but it is something that cognizant of and it's almost like a goal sort of like something I really want to work at getting better because I do believe in the power of your thoughts and oh yeah definitely like the energy that you show up with and stuff like that but real quick what what did you say the name of uh, your yoga brand was again oh yoga girl next door that's cute I like that yeah I was like I need to make a name it actually came from one of my teachers in Bali when I was doing my training because I was I was trying to use cues that people could relate to. Cause again, I came from corporate America. So instead of using cues, like, you know, shine your heart spirit forward to the sky with light. It was like, <laughs> uh, you know, like let's focus on our tech neck and our crunched up fingers from typing all day and blah, blah, blah. Like really just like d- simple cues. And my instructor was like, you know what? You kind of remind me of, like the girl next door, like yoga girl next door. You just keep it like relatable, simple, and it just clicked. I was like, oh my God, that would be perfect because if it, if I teach clients privately or even online, it's like, yep, I'm just next door to you. I'm your real good girl next door, just trying to keep it real and simple. And so it just all aligned really well. And yeah, that's why I named it that. Yeah, I think that's great. I think being relatable is a gift that people don't put enough emphasis on, but I think that's what people seek out in other people without realizing it. So that's one of the things that I've really liked about your podcast. And like I said, like your analogies and things like that. Oh, thank you. There was also one thing I wanted to say that I feel like I completely forgot to touch on with manifestation is that I've had to learn even in the last like month is letting go of the how, because Mm. that will fuck it up completely, which sounds (laughs) crazy. It, it sounds crazy. No, it's true. Like, well, don't I have to build a plan? Like, you know, if I want to make $10,000 in 30 days, don't I have to make a plan? And it's like, yes, you definitely should make a plan, but don't make it so specific that then you completely blind yourself to other opportunities. Like, for example, I'll, I'll use the yoga brand as an example. The way I was going to make money from that was just doing online classes, like send a Zoom link, join the class, we'll do yoga together. That's how I'm going to make money. 
And then my friend randomly was like, you know what? I would really love for you to teach us meditation. Like we don't know how. And I'm like, what? Can you just go on like YouTube or Headspace or there's a million things. But I realized people want to learn from people they know and like yeah. they like know and trust them. So yes. I was like, okay, sure. I guess I'll do it. And totally winged it. Like never had taught men or meditation before, but it's like, once you are committed to something, your mind figures out a way to just figure it out. So I figured it out, whatever that happened. And then all of a sudden another person was like, Hey, what would you charge to do a meditation workshop for um, my team and I, I, I want to gift them like some calmness and clarity right now. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't even advertise meditation services. Like I advertise online yoga. I've never talked about doing like, you know, group meditations. And then this happened two days ago. This girl founded a company in New York, all focused on meditation. And she's like, I've been meaning to reach out to see if you wanted to do um, meditation with us and be a teacher and do these virtual workshops and retreats that we're doing. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? But that goes to show because I did not make such a specific plan with yoga. Like if I was like, Oh, I'm going to make $10,000 from only teaching online classes. And that's the only way it's going to happen. Then I don't think these other opportunities would have happened because my mind wouldn't have like been open to them. And my energy would have been like, no online class, online class, online class. But because it was like, you know what, let's just see what happens and what avenues could come to me letting go of the how now it's like all these random opportunities are popping up that I definitely did not plan for at all. That's powerful. So my new mantra is going to be the how will fuck it up. <laughs> yes. No, I'm not kidding. Like if you get attached to the how, then just don't even try to manifest it. That's great. That's a big one for me. Definitely learning how to release some of the control to begin to manifest. Cause like in my old life, that was a big part of it is I felt like I had to control things and, but you don't really you don't and it's hard to when you're in corporate america you know that's the, how you get everything you have a plan you have steps you have a roadmap like it's yep. very hard to, to undo that conditioning and that's why it's so important to commit to daily practices because to me i'm like that's the only way to get through that conditioning is to slowly chip away at it every day and then finally get to the core of like okay now i know how to do it my mindset is there um, but you, you can't get there again, if you're just like once a month doing it or are really stuck in those old storylines, because then you're just, again, going to be attached to the how. Yeah, no, that's, that's a perfect, perfect example. So what else are you working on right now? Besides the podcast, um, you have that going and the yoga, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? Yes, I am going to be creating an online course. And this is actually a perfect thing to ask your audience is if you were to do something online with yoga or even podcasting, what would you want to learn? Uh, for the podcast, I think I want to do a, a course on how to launch a successful podcast and and also things of like booking guests because I think people, again, overcomplicate the process. And I'm like, you literally just email them and most people are narcissistic and want talk about themselves for an hour so they'll say yes <laughs> so it's like not that hard to me to book guests but again like someone's basic knowledge sometimes is, is mind-blowing to someone else that's something I'm learning right now is just because it's basic to you doesn't mean that it's not a gift to someone else so I really want to make a course on podcasting so I would love the audience's feedback on you know what they wish they knew when they started a podcast or what they want to know and then with yoga I'm really focused on beginner meditation and yoga as well as corporate life because, again, I, I know that lifestyle of being at a desk all day, dealing with a boss, being on the phone with a crazy lawyer. Like, 
I was in all those situations. So I'm trying to create yoga that's more in that realm versus like airy fairy pretzel yoga. Like I don't want to be that at all. So I really want to create a series or a challenge or something. And that would be really helpful for the audience to let me know what you would want to see out of a course like that. Yeah. I mean, sign me up for the yoga and the meditation. Yes. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome. And so all of this is on your Instagram or on your Facebook. Where can everybody reach out and find you? Yes. On yoga, it's just yoga girl next door. And it's the same thing with the website, yoga girl And then with my podcast, everything is at in my non-expert opinion. And the pod Instagram is non-expert opinion pod. Awesome. Well, Chelsea, so much great information in here today. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for everyone to hopefully use some of these tips. I hope they made sense. (laughs) No, they were great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I had so much fun. 